The following is a Pod Beard production. From the deepest bowels of your imagination. Actually, he's from Canada there, bud. From the famed Hotter Show Studios, this is The Hotter Show. What's up, everybody? We're rolling out here here today on episode 185 of The Hotter Show. I hope you're doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I've got an awesome episode for you here today, guys, as I try to every single week here on The Hotter Show. I bring you part two of my chat with my boy, Mr. Luke Perron of Perron Media, as well as he is a very passionate and very active uh, member of the animal activism world and is a practicing proud vegan and we jump into that and we dive into that world because there's a lot to talk about mainly why veganism and kind of being more aware of the animal product industry why that is so important right now not just from an ethics standpoint but also from a health standpoint as well as how it's affecting the economy as well as how it's affecting the actual environment Uh, and it, it gets really real really quick so it's a really interesting chat and I hope that you guys enjoy it. Uh, we really have some cool uh, chats. And like I said, it gets really heavy <laughs> a couple of times um, just because of the topic we're on. But uh, Luke's super passionate about it. And I think he presented a lot of really great reasons and great arguments as to why people should maybe rethink the whole vegan thing and why it's not so crazy to think that, you know, maybe eventually we can live in a world where there's no animal products and things of that nature. But uh, definitely a few things I learned as well. So that's really cool. It was really fun to get to sit down with him. And, uh, you know, even though it was kind of a heavy topic, it was really still fun to sit down and have this chat with him. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. I'm not going to waste any more time because we have quite a bit of podcast to get through. So with that all out of the way, we're going to roll into this podcast right now. Let's get into it. whole other side of, of your life we yeah. haven't really touched on. Um, and that is your animal activism. And then, of course, uh, the fact that you are a practicing and proud vegan. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to hear kind of how that, first, how that started. Mm-hmm. And then I, I kind of have a couple uh, really, not necessarily from me, but things I've seen and a couple questions from me yeah. that are, are, are going to be the basic kind of uh, questions that a non-vegan or vegetarian would ask. Yeah. Kind of myths also. I'm so excited to get yeah. into this. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be funny. Like mm. it's going to be funny because that's some of the questions are so stupid. I'm going to ask yeah. you, but I also, there's so much stuff I want to ask. So, but how did you get started with mm. your whole veganism? So, um, yeah, let me, uh, preface this by saying, and, um, I feel like a lot of your audience is not vegans. And I- uh, yeah, yeah. That's let, let me let me before you say yeah. anything. Let me say this: um, everything that we are going to talk about. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm a vegan and that <laughs> I'm all this stuff. But that being said, there are some changes recently I've made in my life. Kind of, he's somewhat, going soft. <laughs> yeah, somewhat in that wheelhouse. A little like I'm kind of I'm 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 being sent in that direction a little mm-hmm. bit for health reasons but then also obviously you look at the other side of it you're like Mm -hmm. holy shit like no wonder but so anything if you're someone who is not a vegan or or, or, i don't think anyone listen to this show who is a i call them anti-vegans yeah those idiots that like stand outside of a vegan protest eating like meat and i'm like really come on like seriously screw off like i don't 
You know what I mean? So I don't think there's anyone like that who listens to the show. But uh, mm-hmm. if you are someone like that, you disagree with anything at all, listen with an open mind. Yeah. And with open ears because I think that there's something to be learned. And what I want to mainly talk about is the actual health side of things because that no matter what you believe or what you were raised on that cannot be denied yeah science is so that's what i really want to talk about but um i didn't mean to cut you off but i just i wanted to kind of premises that as well yeah and um i mean if you watch this you have any questions or like you want to send me hate or anything like my inbox is always open to answer questions what's your what's your email so yeah you you can use my professional email but if you got just facebook.com luke brown so that's what you can use but um (laughs) Yeah, let me kind of say, um, I guess this is, I'm going to get uh, serious and deep for a moment. This, and I, I will still be lighthearted in this conversation. Of course, yeah, but, yeah, I get it. Uh, I do think that this is the most urgent uh, issue on the planet, and I do think it should be taken the most seriously. And I think um, uh, I, I wouldn't be saying this, uh, you know, two years ago or anything like that. But um, this is. I guess the reason I talk about this so much is because, you know, people, the stereotype is that like vegans like never shut up about it. And I used to not get it, but now I do get it because if you think like it's the biggest injustice like on the planet, like you're going to want to speak up about it. And I guess um, the way someone described it once they said, it's like you're the main character of a horror movie and you're seeing everyone get killed and you're trying to tell people, but no one's listening. Right. So that's just kind of how I see it on my uh, perspective. And I know you're trying to get uh, more health answers. So, like, I've got tons of knowledge on that. But oh, sure, yeah. sure. But, I mean, th- that being said, like, you can't deny yeah. the fact that there was some really, really, for lack of a better term, fucked up shit going on out there. Yeah. And uh, on, on the climate and uh, uh, health side of it, the UN just uh, said two weeks ago, the UN said this, and that uh, meat production is the number one issue on the planet in terms of climate effect. Yeah. And also today, a big news is uh, they've set kind of an end date. I think they said uh, 2030 is going to be the time when some, like what the damage we're doing now is going to be irreversible. And animal agriculture is the number one uh, uh, land use in the world. It is the number one contributor to uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And uh, so, yeah, in terms of climate as well, there's tons of stuff to talk about with that. But yeah, so health things. Uh, what do you... Well, what I'm, I'm curious about is I... I asked when we started planning this, I said, I, I oh, was sorry, like really quick. I just realized I didn't even answer your question. You said, how did I get into veganism? Oh yes. Yes. Oh, talk about that so, first. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, I used to, I mean, since I was a kid, I always thought the idea of eating animals was weird, not in a, like a ways in like, it's bad. I just thought it was like, this shit is weird. Oh, we eat animals. But That's then, but then I thought about everything. And I was like, I thought eating in general was kind of weird. Think about eating for a second. Like some guy was just like, yo, that plant there. Put that in my mouth. The plant looks tight. See what happens. Like, and <laughs> I like, fuck with that plant hard. Yeah, I, I guess just the whole like philosophy of eating nowadays. I've been like so like, uh, for lack of a better word, fascinated by like the when I was a kid. I thought the idea of fancy restaurants was weird. Like we go somewhere, we wear fancy clothes in a fancy establishment that's been built specifically to like put a dead cow like in our mouth. Like what the fuck? Like that shit's so when, when weird. When you think of it in the sense of like just like that, it's yeah. like, and you pay. You know, like, like I don't go to fancy like steakhouse anymore. I think yeah. I just don't because neither do I. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. For me, it's like it comes from a point of we did for one of our anniversaries, and we're sitting there, and you know, again, fancy clothes, and like, I figured, you know, like we'll have a nice salad or something to start or whatever. And like, no, like everything was based around your your steak. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so I was expecting 
steak. Yeah. And I got this little I don't I'm convinced like it was like a wasn't, little puck, right? Like, I'm convinced it wasn't steak. Mm. And you know, I get my bill and I, I literally called the widow over. I was like, I'm not paying this. For like, what we yeah. just got, I'm not paying this. Yeah. This is bullshit. So I totally and again, like you just said, when you think of that, you know, they build these fancy things and food is just money. such a weird like yeah. industry nowadays. And um so yeah, I guess the way I got into veganism, uh more seriously, uh, like I, I, I guess you could say I used to be like an, an anti-vegan. Like I thought, like it was stupid. And um, you know, I'm a big fan of Morrissey and the Smiths, and he's a big vegan. And like I went to one of his concerts in 2016, and he had like pita like up front. And I was like, kind of dumb. Like okay. And um, so and then um, uh, the more I got kind of into climate, I was like, I was really big on conservation. Still am. And a friend of mine who was a vegan is like, okay, but do you realize that the number one contributor to climate change is animal agriculture and like the terrible effect it has on the oceans and on the planet. And I was running a campaign at my school for, uh, to eliminate plastic waste reduction from water bottles. Right. And she was like, it's great that you're doing this, but like, we'll try and like the bigger picture here. And I was like, yeah, fuck off. So that being said, you know, I, I have to kind of play devil's advocate because yes, animal agriculture is, you know, that's number one contributing factor, but mm. You can't tell me that us cutting out plastic bottles completely oh, yeah. isn't gonna it, it's gonna help. No, That's no, just, for sure. But, yeah, yeah. I guess she was saying just kind of I, it, yeah. I get what she's saying. Look at like I'm over here like plastic, 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 and she wasn't saying it in a judgy way. She one of my best friends. Yeah, and she was one of like I guess the the image that the media paints of vegans is the angry protester, and I get why they're angry now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was more kind of calm and peaceful side. Yeah. Like she's a very smart woman. See, the thing is no one listens to that mm-hmm. straight up. Like a- any vegans I've talked to in my life, aside from you, mm-hmm. are, they've been angry and preachy and, and it's almost like, it's just like, I'm not, if you're sitting here, he's screaming at me. Mm-hmm. I'm not, it's just, it doesn't matter. You, you'd be surprised though. Some people like different activism works for mm-hmm. different people. Like some people, like I know a woman who, uh, uh, was a uh, when she ate meat, she also wore fur, and she said someone like just verbally like annihilated her on the street for wearing fur, and she's like, I didn't wear fur after that. Mm-hmm. She's like, because well, I mean, in this day, if you wear fur, you're you're, you're dead. That's yeah, yeah. And my opinion, but. just so like in something, but like you saying that, I hear a lot of people say that, but then mm-hmm. I think look at the leather industry, almost identical, right? It worked. Yeah. It, well, I mean, unfortunately, there is still mm-hmm. leather out there, but so, like, that kind of worked, you know? Yeah. So. uh but for me, and then the other person who was a big hand in me going vegan is uh, uh, Cody, the guitar player for Fear the Unknown. If you didn't know. Oh, Chef Cody. Yes. Yeah. And he was more the other, uh, he was kind of the angry vegan. Like he would post shit on Facebook all the time. That's, like, that's Cody. Yeah. He, he like slaughterhouse yeah. videos and like in the comments of like people's posts about eating meat. Like I was like, damn, this guy's going off. And I was like, what a dick. And then that's, that's who I am now. Um, but I was like, um, it was a healthy balance of Cody's kind of uh, uh, Cody's kind of uh, activism and Emily's conversations because she did it more from the uh, scientific standpoint and mm-hmm. she she was in it for the ethics as well, but Cody was like ethics, ethics, ethics. But he's also a brilliant guy for mm-hmm. talking. Oh, he's a smart. Yeah, so I, like, I love chatting with Cody about anything. Like he's like knowledge like overflowing. So uh, basically, I watched also a documentary and they talk about uh, the. Uh, how beef industry has affected uh, the climate. And it's uh, before the flood with Leonardo DiCaprio. And um, 50% of land, I, I think this is the right number. It's close. Something like 50% of land in the U.S. is used for cattle grazing or meat production. 
Like that's insane. 50% of it. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, if I'm wrong, uh, feel free to throw in like a, it's actually this and this, like if you find it online, but, um, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty confident that that's the number. So like that it's is still a ridiculous number. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Anything close to that is insane. And, um, something so i was like oh shit like that's pretty crazy and then i said you know what okay i'll try and the more i thought about it, i was like i'll try and cut out like beef like i don't i don't really like steaks that much anyway so the first one month went by and i was like i won't eat any cow and then i was like you know what like i think i could try like going um uh uh vegan i was like i, I can think i try it like i'll we'll see how it goes so i set like a five month uh thing and this was not for ethics at first this was for climate mm-hmm. and um the more months went by and the less I started eating animals, the more I started to connect with them. And I was like, it kind of came naturally because when you're, when you're not uh, participating as much in the violence of like against like these creatures, you start to kind of see them on a more personal level because they're no longer your food. They're just Mm -hmm. them. So it removes the food factor from it. And you look at them as an individual, the same as you would as a pet or a, you know, cat, dog, rabbit, whatever. So, then month five hit and I had eliminated cows, pigs, chicken, fish, everything. All that was left was dairy. And like, that was the hard one. Cause like, yeah, it's in every, well, it's not in everything. It's in a lot of things and a lot of things that I was eating. So that took me a while. And at this point I was like full ethical. I was like eating meats fucked up. And like in my first month of veganism, like it was aggressive. Cause like you found this new passion, right? And you're like this, like people need to hear this. And they still do need to hear it. But I was like this. So like I was pretty unforgiving with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I still am unforgiving in the sense whereas I, I will stand by always that eating meat and dairy is unethical. Like I will always stand by that. Mm-hmm. But uh, my approach to it is is a little less aggressive nowadays. But it used to not be. And then so I was like, ah, like eating meat is like fucked up. And like I would like call people. Like, you know what happened in September of last year? They said it's they changed the laws in America in some state that you, you could kill and uh, hunt hibernating bears so that's fucked up and that's, that's, ev- that's everyone on twitter up. was like this is terrible and i was like like it pissed like it pissed me off a bit so i was like why is everyone like it's good that you care about this bear so much but i was like literally 2.7 trillion animals die land animals die every single year and like why 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 is this why bear is so the, different yeah right? why is this bear different Compared to this cow that... Yeah. Oh, well, the bear can't defend itself when it's sleeping. Yeah. Oh, but then oh. the next fucking day after I posted that, someone was like throwing out an ice cream sandwich. Like, yeah, I'll take that. And then in my, I was trying to justify my head. And I was like... It, it all logically made sense. I was like, oh, like no one's going to eat it. It's not supply and demand. I'm not paying for it. And like, this is my first time having dairy in like a week. And then this girl like called me out on it and like went off. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, chill out. Like, it's, I was, it's a process to go vegan, right? But then the more I thought about it recently... She was right to do that because I shouldn't be, I, I was in no position to call anyone out for eating, of course, yeah, eating meat it. products and animal products when I, when I literally just ate an ice cream sandwich after a day ago telling someone like how fucked up the dairy industry was. So then from that day on, that was September 15th, I fully committed to veganism and I've been fully committed ever since. So, and, and then although it started off climate wise, it is all about the ethics for me. Like ethics is way at the top, a little bit below is climate and then way at the bottom is like my health. Yeah. Cause like I couldn't give a fuck. Like <laughs> I love food. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's it. Like as, as someone who, again, I mean, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> you guys can't see, I, I took that out of my gut. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I've lost 45 pounds since I went vegan steadily yeah. over a year. Like it wasn't an unhealthy drop. I used to be 230, and I'm now 190. So, mm-hmm. and it's like, I mean, like you're a tall guy, but like even still, you know, there's mm. that I feel for a lot of people, um, 
when you start looking at how certain things are, like you realize like that's fucked up for me mm. with dairy. Like I, that was kind of where, where I started. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. If you go in my house right now, <laughs> I have a little tiny little thing of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And once that's done, mm. I'm not buying anymore. Yeah. Cause not only does it literally make me feel like shit, mm. but I'm like, okay, I, I had this conversation the one time about uh, about milk, right? And how how fucked up milk is, not just on the side of like the ethics side of things, yeah. but when you look at milk, what does milk do? What does it provide for you? Oh, it provides mm-hmm. you with calcium. Mm-hmm. No, it strips the calcium out of your bones and then provides you with more calcium so that you need to drink more milk to keep your yeah. calcium up. And also what a lot of people don't realize is it has super high addictive properties yeah. because it's milk is designed for infants right of any species and let, let's use cows for example here um they're they don't something in nature needs to draw them back to keep getting the milk at that young age so there's these addictive chemicals mm-hmm. in it that make them drawn back to it so they know at that young age that they need this milk right whereas with humans like the mom can just like pull it over and start feeding it but like these baby cows they need to kind of have something in them so, and really quick, I feel like for anyone who's listening who's unfamiliar with the dairy industry, may I explain? Absolutely. All right, folks. So, gear up. Um, basically, <laughs> gear up, youngins. And it, this happens on no matter what farm it is, this is how it works. Um, basically, a lot of people don't realize the only time a mother cow will lactate or um, any species is when they're pregnant or recently given birth. So, they got to falsely impregnate these uh, cows. And the industry, not the official name, but something that they use in the industry, the term for what they impregnate these cows with is literally called a rape rack. I I didn't invent that. That's what they call it in the industry. And basically they artificially inseminate these cows with these machines. And even on local farms, they got to fucking shove their hand up a cow's anus. It's it's getting graphic, but like- It's the truth This is the truth, right? So so they can adjust it to make the, um, I guess you would call the installation of the sperm easier to inject into this mother cow, then it has a baby. And then within the first day of birth, farmers will take that baby away from its mother. And there's footage you can watch online of mothers chasing down trucks that have their baby in the back. But farmers will come by with wheelbarrows and just put the baby in it and wheel it away as this mother's screaming, crying. And then they hook that mother up to a milking machine or it's milked manually by hand. And they'll milk it for uh, days and days and days and months. And the average lifespan of a cow is 22 years. But um, in the milking industry, in the dairy industry, they will f- can continue to re-impregnate that cow anytime it stops lactating. And that will last up to four years where that cow is going to die. Well, they just kill it and sell it for fast food meat because it hasn't been manufactured the same way as, you know, higher premium meats, they'll call it. And also the baby cow becomes veal, which a lot, everyone's so against veal because it's a baby cow. But anytime you're buying from the dairy industry, you support. And a lot of, here's the thing, vegetarian's a great step, but sometimes they irk me a little bit when they talk about, like a woman said to me, I haven't contributed to the meat industry in 30 years because she's been vegetarian. Yes, you have because- Due to the dairy industry. Yeah, the dairy industry, their babies become meat. And when those cows die, they, they're fast food, right? So- and a lot of people don't realize that about dairy, that the mother has to be pregnant. So like a lot of people just- I, I see, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's something I just learned just now because yeah. to me, when I think of a dairy farm, and this is, again, you, you said something to me earlier, which is really interesting, is you said, you know, 
you've been brought up, you know, how mm-hmm. long you've been alive, learning that you need this. Mm-hmm. I was taught as a child, you need your milk. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this whole aspect and you go, okay, we are the only animal in the world, because at the end of the day, yep. we're, we're animals, that drinks another animal's milk. Mm. I believe that is correct. It is correct. To my knowledge. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but what... And think about the first fucker who milked a cow. What was he thinking? What was his deal? Like, what the fuck's up with that? Like, but, he was like, oh, that baby looks like he's having a good time. And like, I'm going to go over there and, and milk that cow's yeah, tit. Like, oh, like... And the thing is, is I, I think it was... I was watching a video um, of this guy who was... He was talking about... He's like, y'all want to drink milk so bad? Mm-hmm. Go to your mom's tit if you want it that mm. bad. Like, there's a, there's a five minute video called "Dairy Is Scary" on YouTube, and I've I've been vegan for a year, and I thought I had seen it all, and like I knew how the dairy industry worked, and I was like, I don't need to watch this video because I knew how the industry worked. I was like, oh, I should probably watch it. Like, if I'm referring to people, yeah. I watched it. I was like, this shit's fucked up. Like, if you guys want a good horror movie for Halloween, watch That's "Dairy Is Scary." Well, and the thing is, is like like I just said, I just learned that. Yeah. I didn't know that shit. Like, I I guess to me. When I thought of a dairy farm, I thought of, you know, this cow wandering around and it's got, I don't know how, well, then you think of it and you're like, well, how does it create its milk? Mm-hmm. When a human mother is making milk, it's because they're lactating because there's, a, they've either just given birth or, so like when you think of it like that, you're like, wow, that's mm-hmm. really fucked up. But <clears throat> like, to me, it's like this, this kind of like this laid back thing and the farmer comes over. Oh, hey, Betsy, how's it going? Yeah. And, and, and that's not the fucking case. Some, something I hear a lot is a farmer say, like, I treat my, I treat my cows like I treat my kids. Like, you must be a fucking child abuser then. Like, I don't like, dude, you literally shove your arm up a cow's ass. Like, what the fuck? You do that to your kid too? So You'd be in prison. It's, yeah. It's, and something else that kind of annoys me a little bit is. I guess the double standard of animal abuse, um, and I see it a lot on Twitter because uh, there'll be a Snapchat video leaked of like someone like kicking their dog or like, there's a video that surfaced recently, a woman poured uh, cold water on her dog's head and put it outside for like an hour and it froze on the dog and like yeah. the poor dog was like in such pain, right? Twitter is going crazy. Or like, there's always these fucked up videos you see of like, like two guys like fucking around, they'll like, they'll like throw a cat mm-hmm. like a football or something. Everyone goes crazy, right? But then there are literally cow is being hung upside down and their, their throats being slipped by a like a knife right like bleeding out and like in in the the egg industry where they pour the male chickens into a, a blender essentially because they don't produce eggs and they're seen as waste products so they become fast food meat and like so much like undeniable abuse happens in every industry of animal agriculture yet people don't care because their two minutes of pleasure is worth a lifetime of suffering for another animal. Yet, mm-hmm. if it's a dog or a cat, like um, Yulin Dog Festival, for example, in China, everyone is against that in North America that I know. And there was a point in my life when I was 16 where I was defending the Yulin Dog Eating Festival because I was like, we eat cows, it's no different. That should have been the moment for me where I went, oh shit, we eat cows, it is no different. But instead, I was saying, it's okay to eat dogs because we eat cows. Now I say, now it's all none of it's up, yeah. okay. It's all fucked and up. I, I think the Yulin Dog Festival and uh, Rotary Rib Fest in Bowmanville, I see no difference. I, I really don't. Beside me, you could argue the treatment of the animals, right? They all die in the end, like because yeah. we pay for it. So one of the most, um, for a while there, I was um, really focused on the whole, 
oh well you know it's yeah i feel like i'm talking like ask any yeah. questions well and, and, and the thing is with me is like i um I would look at like, okay, oh, well, this this steak came from a, a grass-fed, mm. pasteurized animal. So I would go, okay, well, th- this is what this must be like. And I, I drive mm. by a farm. Because like we live, I was raised and live around <clears throat> farms. Mm-hmm. Every type of farming you want, you can find in this town. Yeah. And I drive by a farm. I knew a couple, no, I know a few farmers. Yeah. And As do I. And like, you know, I, I'm going, oh, hey, oh, there's there's the cows and they're, they're hanging out. They're having a good time. They're mm. eating their grass or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and go to the local butcher shop. And he's like, yeah, I just got it from off the road. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like mm. this cow must have had a good life. And then, and then it's like, well, wait a minute. At the end of the day. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter because it, I mean, it's, it still was killed so that we can eat it. And I, some people might be going, oh, well, hey, wait a minute, you know. If you look at the, I would say the big picture, but that's not even remotely true. If you look at the sense of like, okay, well, there is a belief system for some hunters. Yeah. And um, I know a few hunters and the people that hunt for sport, I don't give a fuck who you are. To me, that's mm-hmm. the most fucked up thing in the world. Oh, I just shot this this you know deer i'm gonna leave it to die in the middle of the woods i'm like mm-hmm. that this i don't no matter what side of whatever conversation you're on to me that's really fucked up yeah but um there is a belief system even i was taught that if you if an animal is killed you use everything yeah so that you are not wasting this animal's life and for a long time i was like okay you know, I, I can accept that. Yeah. And just. So I think it's just where I stand on that um, is you'll say like, oh, I use every part of the animal yeah. and stuff uh, and it's, a, they don't want it to be a waste of life, but scientifically, nutritionally, uh, dietarily, you don't need, you don't need any animal yeah. products at all. So it's still a waste of life. Mm-hmm. And also people say, uh, one I hear a lot is like, I hunt to provide for my family. With all the money you spend on hunting licenses, hunting gear, uh, guns, uh, every, everything, and people who hunt, like they upgrade their gear quite often, right? And um, all the money you spend investing into hunting, the thousands of dollars you could have used to support a local farmer's market, for example, yeah. right? And I, I do think in a sense, it is some like, and hunters, <clears throat> hunters can be nice people, absolutely. Um, but I do think there is some sort of ego or like not power trip, but something involved on that end of the scale because, or a lot of people feel kind of more man, like steaks, for example, like everyone feels, well, not everyone, but a lot of people like associate like masculinity with like steaks Steak and stuff and like that. hunting. Oh God, let's go on the forest and kill this yeah. defenseless animal with there, the rifles there's, on there's man. nothing masculine about killing an innocent animal and paying someone else to do it too you're like a, a lot of times you're just buying meat but then i guess if you're doing it yourself like it's a different like i i and that's the thing that's that's the the takeaway from this part of the talk i guess is like if i'm going to the store to buy some steak you know but then i would never shoot an animal and then eat it yeah but then i go okay well wait a minute and this is the conversation I've been kind of having with myself the last few months mm. where I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, that's still fucked up no matter how you look at it. Because yeah, so what if you're eating it? You're, but then that's almost even worse in a sense because 
you're killing it for a personal gain, a yeah. gain that you don't even need as well. Yeah. Well, especially if, I think if you're like, I, I'm not going to call them out on the podcast, but I have a, a family member mm-hmm. who is a farmer and is a butcher. Yeah. And I understand why they think this is how when they first started all they were doing was um like the other side of farming yeah the whole like the i call it the good side but (laughs) yeah yeah the like he was like growing crops and like he had a garden and like it was you know i was like okay cool Mm -hmm. but he wasn't making any money there yeah so next thing you know he got a cow or i think he just raises pigs now yeah next thing you know he got a pig first he still got chickens and he just sold eggs. Mm. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> but then as time went on, like he basically realized he had no choice because yeah. he's like, people aren't buying this shit. So it's it's this something needs to change. It, yeah, and that's the thing. It's kind of a, a complex issue in that sense. And I I was recently um at an event called Nation Rising. Uh, the government currently, if you don't know, gives subsidies uh, to uh, animal agriculture farmers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they give them money or tax breaks or assistance financially in setting up farming operations for animal agriculture. So we were there at this event, Nation Rising, on Parliament Hill to basically push the government to stop subsidizing animal farms and refocus that money into farmers who are trying to transition yes. from animal to uh, uh, plant-based farming. And especially... Uh, not to get political or anything, but especially because the liberal government is very um, climate, po- well, they, they say they're climate positive and they say climate is like our number one concern right here. Yet they're literally giving money to an industry and organization that is essentially responsible. Their only focus they have is how much money can we make yeah. off of this and something, instead of let's transition. Yeah, something I hear a lot of, uh, a lot of time is... Um, what was I going to say? I let it figure out what I was going to say, but... At the, end of the, at the end of the day, I think that, like, probably, say, 70% of the population can agree that if non-meat products and non-animal-based products yeah. were more... I mean, let me just tell it like it is. More affordable. Yep. Um, if it was more readily available, mm-hmm. like meat product is... It would help and it would make a huge difference. And if you want proof for people out there who are like, oh, no, it's look at NW. Yeah, yeah. And when they came out with the Beyond Meat Burger, I am a, like, I was a. Have you had it? I did. Mind blowing. And I'm a big, my number one thing is, is I I like my cheeseburgers. Yeah. I'm a, it is what it is. But when I, I tried this burger, and I was like, I would eat this. Mm-hmm. This would be like, I got that over yeah, whatever else I was going to get. And it's a pretty supreme burger yeah. as well. And you can buy them in stores as a thicker full size patty because mm-hmm. they cut them down to be the A&W yes, size. Yeah, yeah. They, they slice them in half. But um, KFC is uh, soon. I don't know if it's in. Uh, Canada, uh, the UK is kind of leading the charge on uh, um, vegan substitutes for in, like uh, restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, even KFC was recently saying they were looking at vegan chicken options. And um, I understand how something about the more affordable though, it 
that I do believe that's kind of a myth that veganism is not affordable because a lot of people look at the, the more premium products like the vegan cheeses mm-hmm. and the artisan cheeses and stuff and you know the higher end fake meat products. But if you look at the the, the normal just vegetable foods, beans, legumes, greens, uh, fruits and veggies, like you can get tons of that stuff for the, a very like if you know where to price. look. Yeah, but I, I would say e- even in Metro, right? Like now the mock meats, like um, there's a, they now carry vegan beef jerky at Metro that just got added two weeks ago. It's, what's, what's that called? Um, I, I don't know the brand. I'll have to look it up because I, I love my, uh, it, yeah. It's made from jackfruit. It's delicious. My brother had it uh, at a restaurant called Doomies in Toronto, which is basically a vegan McDonald's. He said it is the best uh, pulled pork sandwich he's ever had in his life. And it's fully vegan. It's seven dollars for a pack of that and it's enough for maybe two sandwiches that's like that's not affordable Mm -hmm. but if if you look at if you just go to like pastas for example and there's so many food people don't realize already are vegan pasta everyone has that pasta yeah yeah if you just have the pasta get (laughs) get some tomato sauce on there sauce you're laughing but then uh get some nutritional yeast or some cashews and shred that like parmesan cheese Mm -hmm. exact same thing and yeah, my dad makes a really good vegan chili. The uh, the ground beef that's vegan is really good. Now, if you want to opt out of that because it's a little pricier, uh, just get assorted beans and then tomato sauce. It's all you really because yeah. when you get like it's, it's funny. My my sister just made an amazing chili the other night, mm-hmm. and there was no there's no ground beef in it. It was just be a ton of different types of beans. Um, I think chickpeas. Yeah, and just everything else but the meat and like. At first, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, but then I, um, I busted out and started eating, and I'm like, mm. shit, like this is really good. I'll, I'll run through some like vegan foods quickly that like I find like are affordable and you can get anywhere. Um, pizza, pizza now serves vegan cheese. Um, That's cool. So like you know, I just load that thing. Yeah, up. That's a good looking pizza. And um, just you guys can't see it, but you're showing me a picture yeah. of a pizza that looks really good. <laughs> uh, what else is good? Uh, what would you, you have on that pizza? Just out of curiosity. Oh, people are gonna hate me now. This this is extra vegan. You don't need to do this. But I had uh, roasted garlic, pineapple, onions, and broccoli. Like broccoli lost, on a pizza. Lost me a pineapple, like, but yeah. the broccoli. Well, we were saying that earlier. Mm. We're like, I made a, a a joke earlier, which is really. It's it is a fully a joke where I was like, oh yeah, vegan, you know, so you like broccoli. Yeah, yeah. It's and and you're just like I fuck with broccoli. So like, <laughs> if you're at Denny's for example, there's seasoned fries, delicious, fully Amazing. vegan, and now I asked for the bourbon steak without the steak, and they this massive fire roasted vegetable platter with all the same sauces and stuff, delicious. Uh, Red Robin has great uh, ve- their vegan burger, Red Robin, probably the best vegan burger I've yeah. had. Now it's not supposed to be a mock meat, like it, it does taste quite planty. Um, what else? Like noodles, ramen, in Indian restaurants have tons of vegan options. Uh, tofu is actually really good if you know how to do it. And I'll I'll just say it like it is: white people suck when it comes to herbs and spices. I was waiting for that. Um, <laughs> I've eaten tofu once in my life. Yeah, and it was the most horrible experience of my entire existence. Me as but, well. But when yeah. I became vegan and really invested in it a little bit more, mm-hmm. like next time you're at a restaurant. Uh, a sushi restaurant. There's something called Agadashi Tofu, preferably Golden Chopsticks in Coburg, greatest sushi restaurant in the world. Okay. Um, and their vegetable tempura sushi is massive and it's delicious. It's got sweet potato. What's it called? Uh, vegetable tempura. And it's called no, Golden, sorry, the, oh, golden the, Chopsticks. Okay, because we love yeah. I fuck with sushi. And I only really eat the vegetable sushi. Anyway. Yeah, it's got asparagus, um, sweet potato, and then deep fried uh, sushi. Or deep fried, sorry, deep fried sushi. Uh, deep fried... Um, Tofu, and okay. it's 
it's drizzled in like a really nice like thick soy sauce like that's unbelievable like apple pie like that's another good vegan mm-hmm. one sometimes we'll have eggs in it but buffalo cauliflower like that's another like super great affordable that's one. something I, I said earlier where uh, my whole uh, venture into the um I, don't, I shouldn't say venture. That's not the right word. Yeah, I mean that's it. That looks good. So I that just showed a picture of this sushi, yeah. and it's, it's that unbelievable. Sushi looks good, but like I um the first time I ever had anything that was vegetarian or meatless, yeah, was a burger from Harvey's. Yeah, yeah there's and there's, I was like burgers like kind of yeah shit. yeah I was like wow this is really bad so <laughs> I just went no nah, I'll stick with my double mm. cheeseburger and the great thing is about A and W's burger is a lot of um, fake meat products from fast food places that don't specialize in it are very dry very cardboardy mm. like. It just the the Harvey's burger is so dry, but the A and W one, they put like beet juice in it and like all like it's it's so juicy and like it's very good. They're always sold out of them because that's how good they are. Yeah, they just restocked October first. If anyone's interested, oh awesome! I'm gonna I'm gonna go get get me one. Yeah, they they sold it. It was their it's for two months now. It's been their best selling burger. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that shows the demand. And what I was gonna say earlier about Nation Rising, I remember it is people often say why don't you, if, if you're so passionate about it, why don't you start on a government level? Like, why don't you try and like get laws changed and stuff? No one's going to change the laws. Yeah, no, that's if, just not. If 90% realistic. of citizens are eating meat, it doesn't make sense to cater your laws to the 10%, yeah. which is why, and it's easier to change one person, have a conversation like this. Maybe you go vegan a month from now and then you change one person. And you know, if you change from within, then we're going to naturally get vegan government officials, for example. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to start looking at it as a more serious issue. And I, I just think uh, conversations like this are really what, like, I'm fully confident in 50 years we'll have a majority vegan world. I'm fully confident in it. I would even dare to say that it might be sooner than that. And I think stuff like, and again, there might be some people out there going, well, who the fuck is this guy to say anything like this because he's not a, a vegan? Mm-hmm. But for me, I see things like the, the whole Beyond Meat Burger. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're having this conversation shows where the trend is shifting yeah. to as well. Where even people who aren't kind of go, okay, this makes sense because when you look at, I, I think if stuff like that, it, it's a sign that things are changing and there's more stuff that come and go. Something, someone you should look up and a book you should look up if you haven't yeah. for some reason heard of it. Because um, I, I want to kind of shift, as much as I'm enjoying this conversation, I want to kind of shift the focus a bit. But there is a, he's a wrestler. Um, big on the independence. His name's Austin Aries. And he has a book called Food Fight. Mm-hmm. And he is a professional mm-hmm. athlete, professional wrestler, who has been vegan his entire career since 2000. He, yeah. he went vegan. And he talks a lot, and this is something you see more and more recently, about plant-based protein and stuff. Yeah. How this there was this huge myth, and I believed it too, yeah. where... You cannot, you can only get protein from meat. Mm-hmm. The only way for you to get protein is by eating this steak or this <clears throat> chicken or whatever. And yeah. it, it's that dumbing realization that it's like, well, wait a minute. These cashews or these almonds mm-hmm. have protein. This has protein. This plant has protein. And, you know, even someone like him who he's, he's getting to be really big in that world mm-hmm. because... He's like, I mean, he's, you know, he looks like a million bucks. He's yeah. shredded. And he's like, he's just, I get all my protein from, you know. So it's it's this kind of um, realization that like there is another way. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize also if, if you look at these animals that you're getting your protein from, like like 
bulls are freaking jacked. Like those animals are like huge. Yeah. Grass eat eaters. Grass, bro. And <laughs> like what the I'm not hell? recommending to eat grass. Like it's I mean, yeah, that's I I was I was gonna um I, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I should like throw some really stupid vegan jokes at you and see. No, I've, I've heard them all. But I so. was like, yeah. So like you guys eat grass, right? Like, mm. uh, oh, hey, man. So like do you mow your lawn or do you just like go out and. <laughs> yeah. And like um, I one of my favorite things to debate. I love when people bring it up is um, like plant plant rights or like. Uh, yes. And people talk yeah, about. Man, that carrot can feel pain. And let's say even if it could here. Uh, people don't know seventy percent of all crops in the world are fed to uh, cows, and yeah. it takes fifteen times less land and crops to feed a vegan diet. So people are like, "Oh, like you know, like plants and farming has a negative effect on the environment, and like plants are living organisms." Like, yeah, and we kill seventy percent less of them. <laughs> like, so yeah, I, I love I because I, I have someone on my Facebook who he's he's like that. Like, he's a big um, mm. anti-vegan and. Like, I just, sometimes I'll like, I don't, I'm not the guy who you're not going to see me debating with someone on Facebook on comments. Cause I just, to me, I'm like, yeah. that doesn't get me anywhere. But yeah. if with this guy, like I mentioned him the one time and I'm like, cause he made a post about like, he was like, oh, hey vegans. And it was like a picture of him making mm. steak or whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I, cause I can't, but yeah. I'm like, like why do you, and then he mm. started going, oh, well, you know. They, they, there's nothing different about this and them eating plants. Like plants are living things too. And I'm like, that don't have central nervous systems yeah. or brains, families, friends, like it's lives. Like, come on, man. Like relax. Yeah. Like, so yeah. On the more uh, dietary stuff you're talking about. Well, yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I know <clears throat> that for the people out there who they aren't, they might listen to the first half of this yeah. and go and just not want to fucking yeah. hear. But I have kind of some, some of them are. We'll call them myths. Yeah. And I've already touched on one of them. And then I also, like, I want to kind of just, for those people who don't know, and even for me, like, who doesn't know, um, because I look at things from the standpoint of, like, you know, I've cut out pretty much all dairy, and I'm working on cutting out everything from dairy. Yeah. Because it's just, I can't deny the fact that I fucking feel better. Like, yeah. I feel better. And it really is crazy, you know? But... We have a lot more to talk about, and I know that you have a lot more you want to go off on. Before we do, I want to take a quick second to give a big shout out to my man, Mr. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts. All right, guys, let's say hypothetically here for a second that you have a business, you're in a band, you're a podcaster like me, you have a YouTube show, and you need some awesome new merch, business cards, logos, even maybe some t-shirts done up. Well, you need to look no further than my man, Mr. Jason Reese, over at Jaybird Digital Arts. Starting right now on this podcast today, Jason is offering a special 10% off discount just for listeners of The Harder Show when you mention The Harder Show upon contacting him. But what exactly does he do? Well, Jason does t-shirts, posters, album design, tickets, photo manipulation, you guys still with me advertising business stationery mailers brochures fine art and anything else you can imagine jay bridges arts can create it jason has done all of the t-shirts logos banners and all social media stuff for both the harder show and for harder guitar services so i can promise that you will love and be inspired by what jason comes up with you can contact him on the web at www.jaybird that's j-a-y-b-i-r-d digitalarts.com or you can search for him on facebook and instagram under the jaybird digital arts handle Search hashtag Jaybird Digital Arts for a look at all of his awesome and unique work. Something that's big recently right now is uh, keto has yeah. been blowing up. And 
I think it's a good thing because everything that we've been taught about our food pyramid is mm-hmm. fucked. But the number one thing with keto is protein. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, well, if you go keto, you can't be vegan. Mm-hmm. Do you have any insight on yeah, that? Yeah. I'm, I'm um, curious. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't, first of all, uh, I wouldn't recommend the keto diet at all in general. Um, recently, uh, I don't remember the exact name, but a, a group of scientists or dietitians said the keto diet is one of the unhealthiest diets we can do because of, well, at least the meat-based one, because um, uh, basically if you're a vegan, no cholesterol is in your system at all. So um, it's a very high cholesterol diet, and uh, which is linked to heart disease and cancer. And also, people don't know this, uh, meat, processed meat is a class one carcinogen, which means it is the same category as cigarettes mm-hmm. as in proven to cause cancer. So processed meat is anything that has been uh, well, processed essentially, and that includes like smoked meats and um, chemically like preserved meats, and basically anything you'll find in the grocery store besides like fresh, fresh cut is a processed meat, and it's literally a class one carcinogen, right? So when you're having these, uh, when your diet, like a lot of keto diets, like are meat centered, and like even on Joe Rogan, they had a guy who like like only ate meat. Like first of all, that's a lie. Like you wouldn't be able to survive if you yeah. Only there's ate no way you're meat. just listen. Like yeah. that's not a thing, and so it's extremely unhealthy for you to be feeding this to your body. But I, uh, now if you were doing the keto diet plant-based, I'm not super educated on it, but I, I see no problem with it as long as you are still hitting all your, uh, categories mm-hmm. and a lot of all protein is a, a lot of people don't believe me when I say this, all protein is initially, uh, generated by plants. Oh, and it is. And then 100%. recycled through animals who they can, uh, through their own systems, they, it can be more concentrated protein because it's already been processed through that plant, mm-hmm. right? So um, I suppose that's why, that's might be that where that myth comes from. But then there are super strong animals that are mainly herbivorous. Like a lot of apes are like, an ape will fuck you up. <laughs> like, an ape will literally fuck you now, up. Some, some apes plants. are carnivorous, but uh, some of them are completely plant-based diets, right? Yeah. Like pandas, that's a lot of bamboo. Like a panda could beat my ass probably. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like you look at a, that's a great thing. I, I was talking in the gym one time with this guy and he was a plant-based mm-hmm. and we had a really cool chat because he was like, I, I walked in, into the, uh, in the locker room to get changed and he's sitting there and he's munching on something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like you're having some cashews or something. And he goes, nah, man. And he, and he shows me a, a thing of seaweed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. I fuck with seaweed, you know. I'm like, okay, that's kind yeah, of like cool, the dried you know? seaweed is yeah. like a cracker almost. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, like that's kind of cool. And so then he starts going into me about his diet, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, I've been plant based for ten years. Um, you know, he is literally looks like a Spartan. Mm-hmm. He's jacked. Well, because it cuts the fat right off your yeah, body, exactly. which allows your muscles to kind of like, and not that you have to work out less, but they don't have an extra layer of fat to break through. Whereas if your skin is just naturally sitting on your body without like added weight to it, your muscles can come through way quicker. Oh yeah, exactly. Show off more. It shows more tone. Yeah. And like he was talking about how like, you know, when he was uh, a non plant based, mm-hmm. cause he was basically a bodybuilder and he's like, he used to have so many too much trouble keeping his, you know, he'd eat like, you know, he'd be like, yeah, you know, I eat like three or four steaks a day and like all these eggs and all this dairy. And like, he's like, I could never keep myself in shape. Mm-hmm. It was always a constant struggle. He'd get to his point, he'd do his competitions, and he'd take the winter off. Yeah. And over the winter, he's like, I would gain 30, 40 pounds of fat. 
even though I was working out every day because he's like, mm. I just couldn't. And then he's like, since switching to a plant-based diet, like he's like, it's literally like night and day. Yeah. Like he's like, it's just because you're still getting everything you need. And I think it's it's the myth that people who are vegan are unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And like it's coming to light the last couple of years, especially that's not the case at yeah. all. Cause there are a lot of professional athletes that are plant-based now a lot. Uh, even like there's a documentary called the game changers that came out. I would suggest you take a look at, and it's produced by James Cameron and cause he's vegan mm-hmm. and it's all about vegan athletes. And in one of the standouts in it is Arnold Schwarzenegger has recently gone vegan over the last few years. And there's a guy named, I believe his name is Patrick Baboumian. I know his last name is Baboumian for sure, but I think his first name is Patrick. And he holds some weightlifting record for like, yeah, I, I recognize the name. He's... I mean, the guy's massive and he's, uh, he's not like bodybuilder massive. Like he's just got like super wide shoulders mm-hmm. and he's, he's kind of a bigger guy, but like he's still like ripped and he's been fully vegan. And not only does it, um, and like even Serena Williams, like top tennis player in the yeah, world. She's vegan. And, and she's huge. Like she's so yeah. ripped. And not only does it, um, like in terms of your workout, but you just have more energy as a vegan. Like when I used to, like, I used to wake up in the morning, I'd sit in my bed for like 30 minutes, like trying to find the energy to get up. But like in my first month of veganism, about a week in, I would like open my eyes and like, I'd like shake off my body and I'd be like ready to start my day. And it's because like, you don't have like literally a bo- another body inside, inside you dragging you down. And you know, a lot of people like when they go vegetarian, for example, they replace a lot of their meat products with dairy products, which are just as fattening, if not more. And so that's why, you know, I, it should, it's good to have a gradual shift because, um, a lot of people, I couldn't go vegan overnight. Some people have, and you know, I think some, I, a lot of act vegan activists forget this. Not everyone, no one's born vegan. Nowadays, no, yeah. a little more, I met a little girl the other day who was born vegan. Like she's just been raised vegan since birth. I mean, besides like breast milk, but that's that's still vegan because if you think. <clears throat> well, I've, I've, and I've, and I've, that was something I was to ask you. I've yeah. heard that before too, where someone who is, um, I was having this conversation with them yeah. about dairy. And they're like, well, hang on a minute. How can you say that when you were raised on breast milk? Yeah. Like, that came from the same mammal as yeah. me. And they're like, doesn't make any sense. I'm like, yes, it does. Well, uh, cows are mammals. I'm like, we're not the same fucking species. And here's like, the thing also. Um, there, there, there is a difference between plant-based and vegan. Well, to me at least, plant-based means dietary speaking, whereas vegan is lifestyle. Like, plant-based is, like, you can be plant-based, but still buy a leather jacket. Or, I gotcha, yeah, yeah. Or okay. like wear like a lot of the um, Ugg wool boots or something. Yeah, for a lot of the people, like, it's like the one guy I was talking about, Austin Aries, he says he's plant-based, but he's like, he doesn't yeah. even, he doesn't even drive cars anymore. Because mm-hmm. like, he's like, he said something really, it was a controversial thing he said, but he was like, nobody can ever be fully vegan. And the guy who was interviewing him was like, what do you mean? Oh, he, I agree with that. And he's like, fossil fuels. So he's like, I he's like, I only will travel now, basically, if I can use my electric car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, to me, I'm like, that's like, sometimes that's just not realistic in this day and age. Yeah. Can it eventually be realistic? For sure, I think so. That's, but we're, you know, it's gonna be a while. Mm-hmm. And something I hear a lot is um, from non-vegans. That's kind of BS. Is um, well, first of all, one thing I hear a lot is people say you're never gonna change everyone. So why even try? You're not going to stop all murders. Should we just not arrest murders? Should we just not? Yeah, yeah. Like sexual assault is still going to happen. Should we just be like, 
oh, well, that's life. Let's like, let this guy go. Yeah. yeah. So let's say I, if I turn 99 people vegan and one of them is not vegan, that's still worth all the effort. Still a victory. And so yeah, you can never be 100% vegan. Like some of the paints they use on the road is like vegan. Like, am I going to boycott roads? Like, no, but <laughs> and, there's, and, there's stuff like, and there's stuff like that. And like, yeah, TJ, I'd like to come on the podcast, man. But you know, yeah, those like, roads are. <laughs> I know, um, like I have a non-vegan clothes and uh, there's a guy named Gary Yarofsky and he's like the, like the super extremist vegan. Mm-hmm. And um, someone said to him, what about vegans who wear uh, like leather shoes and stuff? And he said, a lot of times it's actually not leather. People mistake it. And there are yeah. some very high quality vegan leathers nowadays. But sometimes if, if the damage is already done, it makes no sense to not wear those shoes. But me, I, I am super uncomfortable wearing leather shoes. Like I almost debated the other day. Um, oh, for my, my prom at school, uh, I was wearing like all blue suit and you're not gonna wear black shoes with a blue suit. That's just how fashion works. So I was like, I got to wear light Brown. So I had light Brown boots from when I was vegan or what, not vegan that were leather, but I like tried to put them on and I was like, I feel so uncomfortable in doing this. So what you do, you donate those or give them to a friend or you can sell them, give the money mm-hmm. towards an animal damage, based charity. Yeah, if so. the damage is already but done. If you're you comfortable know. like wearing it and stuff like that, I mean, what are you going to do? Right. So, but yeah, so I guess on the terms of you can't be fully vegan, like, yeah, but you can be pretty darn close. You can be, yeah, well, that's it. And that's more what he was talking about was he's like in this <clears> day and age, like he's like, it's impossible. Yeah. But he's like, you know, you can do pretty much you can get pretty damn close to not using any animal products. Like you can get yeah. very, very close. Yeah. So I guess the distinction I make between plant-based and vegan is uh, vegan is more an ethical mm-hmm. lifestyle choice where plant-based is more a dietary choice. Yeah. Cause it's based in plants. Right. Or is, mm-hmm. and also if you said you were plant-based, no one could fault you if you had like, I don't know, like a Turkey club once one day a year. Once in right? a blue moon. Yeah. 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 I mean now as a vegan, I'd be like, that's that's how can you call yourself a vegan if you're eating a turkey bacon club yeah yeah and so that being i i i I just had this conversation yesterday where um at my work like i work at a building that has fast food restaurants in it Mm -hmm. and i was having this conversation with someone who works there who uh is making the transition to be vegan yeah and they work at wendy's Mm -hmm. and she's like i can't work here anymore Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I fucking can't. And my one boss goes, you see that chicken sitting there? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, do you really think that's chicken? And I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, it is. But he's like, is it though? <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, fuck. And but I'm, you could, that's thing is, he made a really, it was a joke. Mm-hmm. But to me, I was like, that's an interesting point. If everyone just, if it just, like, let's say, for example, the, the whole Beyond Me thing we were talking about yeah. earlier. If they just switched without saying anything, mm-hmm. probably 70% of the population wouldn't even know. Yeah. You'd have all these guys, oh, I got my triple bacon cheeseburger, and, they're yeah. eating it, and they wouldn't even know. Yeah. Because with in my experience with, like, with that burger, if you didn't tell me it was meatless, yeah, I would have been like, Oh man, this is like, I wouldn't have known. And it's not even like, it's good for a vegan burger. It's, it's just good, good for a burger. <laughs> Listen, you're listening to me, which you guys are regular since my show know. I mean, you know me. I like my food. And if I'm telling you, yo, this is good. You need to eat this. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of the situation. So it's like, it's just damn good. And you, you mentioned something earlier that I, I, I used to love my chicken wings. And I have since, I'm not going to say completely replaced, but I'd say about, 95% replaced yeah. 
with ordering buffalo cauliflower. It's fucking and delicious. Because what I like about chicken wings, I like my boneless, right? Yeah. What I like about them is not the fact, I don't like the chicken aspect of it. I like the taste of the breading and the sauce. And that's almost all of our meat, meat products yeah. too. Like, Sure, steak and chicken have a taste, but it's a very subtle taste. Mm-hmm. If you deck out like, I don't know, like your tofu or like seitan or like something like, like that with all the same herb spices and sauce, mm-hmm. that's why the, the vegan pulled pork is so easy. You take jackfruit, you shred it, you boil it to kind of take out the fruity taste, and then you shred it like meat, and then you put in the barbecue sauce, exact same texture, it is the exact, exact same. same taste. You couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, and with me, it's a texture thing. Like I, um, like with like with the buffalo cauliflower stuff, when I ordered it, it was the first time I ever had it, and I ordered it, and my one friend was like, like really, dude, like seriously, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm gonna try it because. I wanted to get chicken wings and I, they had it available mm-hmm. and it was the exact same price. And I, I love cauliflower. So I'm yeah. like, I'm going to, you know, I fuck with cauliflower. So let me get this. And he had his, he had some boneless wings and, um, I never told him this mm-hmm. to this day. He's going to know now. This is <laughs> my show, but I swapped one. Yeah. I watched and he shoved it in his mouth and, I was like, oh, this one's kind of crunchy. Oh, it's, yeah, good. it's good. And he was like, he didn't know the fucking difference. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised because like, you can tell the difference between the cauliflower and the chicken. But if you weren't paying attention like, in passing and just, if you thought it was one you that was know, not man. vegan. Yeah. And what I, what I would recommend is um, there's a brand called Gardein who is the kind of leader in fake meats. At Metro, if you go into the frozen food section, they have a really, really good boneless wing. And you okay. just cook it in a frying pan for like six, seven minutes and it's delicious. And uh, the other thing is there's a place called Copper Branch in Brooklyn, like Brooklyn, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And um, they have like chicken on like a, like an actual wing and that's not made out of cauliflower. It's like an actual like soy based one made out of like, like mock meat. Very good. Very good. And it comes with a great ranch sauce. So if you're looking for good chicken wings. Okay. Okay. One last thing is like at the end of the day, as a fat guy who enjoys his food, mm-hmm. I, I would have no problem 100%. Not eating meat. It's that simulation of taste. Yeah. Is what most of the population who are meat eaters crave. And they are afraid to try like some yeah, they, of the vegan I, stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. So am I. But now that I have tried a few things, I'm going, okay, you know, let me try this. Let me try this. It started with milk. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I love my milk. I like my cereal, you know, which that's a whole other conversation because cereal's fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> cereal is fucked up. It, it, it is a whole other health conversation, but like, um, I look at it and I go, I like my milk. You know, we drink a lot of milk. My, my fiance loves her chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. So we also, but we also really, really enjoy soy milk. Mm-hmm. And I'm an almond milk guy. Yeah. See, Mine is closer I, yeah. to the dairy. So yeah. See, I, I tried the almond milk deal and I was just like, I can't, I can't do yeah. it. Like I just, but most people don't like soy milk. Whereas with us, we, that's why they drink almond. Mm-hmm. Whereas with me, I drank soy and I was like, wow, I like this. It, <laughs> so it has it a, like, an actual, like yeah. a unique taste to it as well. Yeah. So we do that. And I mean, I mean, unfortunately you, you can't replace the milk with your cereal, with anything that I've tried yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still experimenting with that. Yeah. But like, you know. I, know. I, I have Captain Crunch with almond milk. And Do you? Okay. Okay. Because yeah. I like my Fruit Loops. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm like, I got a big box of full Fruit Loops in there. I can't. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to use this milk anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to figure something out. But uh, yeah. 
but yeah, and that's and that's the thing is like a lot of people, it's that simulation where you know you're not eating, for lack of a better term, flesh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're still getting, you know, and the the buffalo cauliflower thing was a big eye opener for me where I went, okay, this is good, like this is really I'm not a huge fan of a lot of vegetables, so yeah, like, one of the uh, place downtown here, Joseph Castle John's, one of my favorite places in the world. They have a portobello mushroom burger, mm-hmm. and they don't advertise it as like, "Oh, it's a." I fucking hate mushrooms. Though. Yeah, see, oh my god, I, shit. I tried it because I was like, I'm, "I want to try this," and I hate mushrooms. I, I would not recommend a mushroom burger yeah. to anyone trying to go vegan. Like, it's your yeah. own damn fault if you don't like vegan food and you're eating yeah. a mushroom burger. And like, if if you're like my fiance had, she she loved it. So mm-hmm. it's it depends on the person, but like, you know, I um, it, it's funny like now. We used to go to Buffalo Wild Wing a lot. Yeah, and um, they when I was there last, the guy was telling me they were looking at because um, I asked if they had the cauliflower, right? Yeah, and he said not yet. They need it. I went yeah. to a, a Buffalo Wild Wing in British Columbia uh, in June, and I was there with like a, a, a sports team doing photography, and I was like, everyone's like, let's go to Buffalo Wild Wing, and I'm not gonna be like, no, like. So I went, and I was like, I assumed because. If you're a restaurant and you don't have vegan options in this day and age, you're, yeah, you're getting left just, behind. Like, yeah, you are. That's just how it is. And especially when like restaurants like A&W that specialize in and pride themselves on their beef products are changing with the times, like that's progress, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, they have to have it. Like it's a wing specialty place. They have to have wings that aren't real like chicken wing based, right? And um, so I was like, do you have like anything? And they're like, they didn't even know. And I was like, okay, well, can I just get a salad? Like, what do you have any like dressings that are vegan? They're like, I don't know. First of all, your staff needs retraining. And second of all, how do you, like, you don't even have a single vegan option listed in here. So they like threw together this like shit for me. It was like salad and like, I don't even think they had a real salad like on the menu. Yeah, no. Like I had to get like a bunch of shit removed from it and they like threw it together. And I think they just charged me for the price of like, I don't know, something else. And like, it was the worst thing I've ever had. So like, so, I mean, I guess playing, again, kind of playing devil's advocate, I guess at least they tried, but yeah. they need to be, them just saying, oh, I don't know. That's not, that's, that's not an answer yeah. you and give. Yeah, and you could you know. tell me, like, you're going to a wing place, like, what do you expect? I mean, you know, I, I did go there, and I'm not saying they have to change for me, but I'm saying from a business strategic standpoint, 100%. like, you just, and also your staff needs to know as well. Like, I was at Spaghetti Factory one time, and I was like, like, what do you have that's vegan here? And they brought me, like, an allergen chart. With like it was like a thousand different things on here, but like it had like allergy listings for each menu item. I was like, you shouldn't have to give this to your customers to read. You should for, for them yeah. to decode. You should say, oh, our vegan option is this pasta with this sauce, and then like, even if you only have one thing, at least know what yeah. it is. You so know? I, don't know, I just think it makes sense to train your employees to know, and uh, especially in British Columbia, like when I was there, because. of British Columbians under the age of 35 are vegan or vegetarian. Like, that's crazy. And also, if you look at the trends nowadays, this is a 2017 statistic, but they said in the last two years, from 2015 to 2017, veganism had spiked 800%. Mm -hmm. And the trend, it was pretty steady. And then I guess 2015 hit, and it just went up. Yeah. And a lot of people will dismiss that as like, oh, it's just trendy. But once you get into the ethical side of it, like it's there's almost no coming back from it because like you know and i guess uh i'll 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 talk about this later but like when if we get if we get into activism i know we're Mm -hmm. way past an hour now 
but like we can still talk about like Sea Shepherd and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that thing yeah. is like uh, there's still so much more for us to talk about. And I mean, as much as like I, I kind of wanted to ask you a few things, I, I kind of pretty much touched on everything I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I didn't really ask the question because I was gonna kind of post you in kind of like a s- silly way, like as the idiots online. Oh, you know, well, let, let, let me hear it. People. I love responding. But, to well, because I have I've pretty much. I mean, unfortunately, we've pretty much touched on everything. I just didn't ask you in like a stupid way because yeah. I was I was wanting to, but um. You know, I think at the end of the day, it's something that um, is it is growing. It is something that I, th- I think um, we're heading in that way. And it's little things like, to some people, which may seem like a big deal. Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, and again, keep going back to AMW. Yeah. Them bringing up that burger and it being sold out, like their best-selling burger. What yeah. the hell does that tell you? Mm-hmm. I was, when I was at the NW Nostro Center, they didn't have it for so long. Mm-hmm. And... I, 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 the one time the manager was on the front and I asked, I said, just out of curiosity, like, when are you getting that? And she was like, we can't get it quick enough. Yeah. Like, she's like, I, that's all we basically were selling for like a, a, well, almost it, a month. It came out, I think, like uh, August, um, maybe like uh, August 4th or something like that. In the first week, almost every location in Canada was completely sold yeah. out. And I was in Coburg, which is kind of like a small area. Yeah. So luckily they had some. And then they didn't get restocked until October 1st. Yeah, which is like, that's just insane mm-hmm. that that's, and I mean, I mean, from a business standpoint, there is money there. And so you'll see it happen. You know? Yeah. And the thing is, even if we don't like, even if we didn't like it, uh, vegans, um, we really are trying to prove a point of showing there is demand for this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a few, I'm in two activist groups on Facebook. and I'm in a group called Toronto Vegans. And we all said, like, when this burger comes out, we have to yes, go. Yes, absolutely. We have to go. And literally every vegan I know said, I, I wasn't even hungry, but, like, I went and I bought it. I bought it for my friends. And a great little activism campaign we've been doing is we, we've been going into A&Ws, and the person uh, in front of us or behind us in line will say, I'll pay for your order if it's fully vegan, and you try this Beyond Meat burger. But their own money, like, we don't, we don't care. And people will try it and like, holy shit, like this thing's this is crazy really good. good. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> White Castle as well, even though we don't have those in Canada, they uh, released a vegan burger before AW and it was their best selling burger the month it came out. It's kind of slowed down now, but you know, just stuff like that. And um, yeah, so just more restaurants are adapting. And I think, uh, I forget what it was. Oh, uh, Taco Bell. Uh, I, I think it's Taco Bell. Oh, Del Taco, Del Taco. They are adding, I know it's an American chain, but they're adding vegan ground beef to their menu. And even Taco Bell, though, like you can get the Supreme Crunch Wrap, get it with no cheese, uh, replace the ground beef with beans. There you go, fully vegan. Mucho Burrito, my, one of my favorite vegan places ever, and they they have un- unbelievable vegan options. So it's out there, you know. Like it's not like you have to eat, you know, carrots, yeah, <laughs> and broccoli and for. I guess to be uh, vegan, you know? there there really is, in, in my opinion, there really is no excuse to not be vegan in this mm-hmm. day and age, and. My, I have this conversation with my brother a lot and his, his number one thing is accessibility. He said, if it was just fast food like everywhere and like I, I have no problem with it because he agrees on an ethical standpoint on, mm-hmm. on a climate and scientific stuff. Like he basically, I think also everyone's vegan at heart. I, I believe, I truly mm-hmm. believe that because let me ask you a question here. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get deep and philosophical for a second. Okay. Do you, do you think animal abuse is wrong? Absolutely. Well, now what do you think uh, just uh, what do you think constitute or defines animal abuse? Well, 
I mean, if obviously you're beating an animal in any shape or form, so then, I mean, I, I know what you're going to ask me. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a question that I asked myself where I'm like, okay, I'm against this strongly. Yeah. I will literally like physically fight a person if I see them abusing an animal. But I'm supporting animal abuse by eating meat. Yeah. So a lot of people won't even acknowledge that yeah. the industry is abuse. And if there was a cow in front of you and someone was going to kill it, you'd probably be like, stop. And then there's a there's a nice little infographic. Uh, the, the, a cow's in front of a girl and a guy is like, I'm going to kill this cow. She's like, you're a psycho. Don't do that. And then he's 10 feet back and she's like, no. And then he's 20 feet back and she's like, no, that's like, this is wrong. Then he's 30 feet back and she's like, no, this is wrong. Then he just puts up a wall and she's like, okay. Yeah, do your thing. So like if it's in a slaughterhouse, all of a sudden it becomes like perfectly fine. And like another good video like that is um, these kids are talking about like uh, chicken sandwiches and then they put a chicken and knife in front of the kid and they're like, okay, like, cool, like prepare this chicken. And then the kids are like, I can't do it. And they like, like start crying and shit. And people are like, oh, like it's, and a lot of people say like you, you try to like vegans make people feel bad. If you feel bad, that's saying something that about where that, you stand yeah. on this ethically. And I, I, I do think eating animals or eating animals or their products in any way is animal abuse. And, uh, same with horse drawn carriages. I think that's animal abuse and they banned it in, uh, Quebec. It's, uh, illegal for horse drawn carriages. New York still has the biggest, uh, horse drawn carriage, uh, thing going on right now. And, uh, just recently there was some protests and stuff going on there. And a lot of people think, uh, like, uh, I guess just, uh, this is something like I, I love to talk about and because, uh, May I talk about activism? For oh, this? absolutely. Yeah. Go for it. So uh, that's and ties in my photography and veganism as well. I guess this is kind of culminates to, I guess all aspects of my life culminate. Yes, on, I wanted to kind of lead into this a bit before we go. Okay. So. Yeah. So I, I can't, this can be a kind of thing. Um, basically, I, I'm with a group called Anonymous for the Voiceless and I'm with another group called Sea Shepherd. And what Anonymous for the Voiceless does is the most effective form of outreach, in my opinion. We uh, stand in a cube. We call it the Cube of Truth. Everyone wears all black anonymous masks and we hold laptops and TV screens that all show a different side of the animal agriculture industry. And we do it in public spaces and we have permits to do this and people walk by and we're not in anybody's way. We're not blocking sidewalks or streets or anything. So it's non-confrontational. That's I, I prefer non-confrontational activism, Mm -hmm. but, um, people walk by and if they look at the footage for about 30, 20 seconds, well, not 20, 30 seconds, like a minute. We'll approach them and say, have you seen footage like this? Or like, what do you think? Like what you're seeing? Like, this is pretty crazy, huh? And try and lead into a conversation. And people will either say, yes, no, I have seen footage like this. And we'll just start talking to them about uh, how their choices affect like animals and stuff like that. And I love it because people can leave. It's, we're not blocking anybody. It's not intrusive. Mm-hmm. It's not instructive. And we're specifically instructing this group to wait and let them watch the footage. And if they are interested and if they stay for, you know, about a period a of time yeah, yeah, and show an interest, then that we're okay to approach them and say, have you seen this footage? Whereas if someone just walks by and is like, ugh, and then walks away, we're not going to be like, well, stop Chase and look them at this, down. right? Yeah, yeah. So like, it's so, because I, we, and also we, in that way, we're only talking to people who want to listen. Mm-hmm. Whereas if a protest, if you're just yelling at everybody, yeah. you know, it, and plus also, if you're saying the same chance over again, like, um, the big chant we say is what do we want animal liberation when we want it now that's true but someone walking by could go why and we can't answer because we're too busy chanting, chanting. and yelling right? and I think it has its place but that's why I like the Cuba truth better because we have outreachers and people are educated to talk about it 
and can talk about all kind of aspects of it. Sorry, and can talk about all kind of aspects of it. And then, so that's what I really like about that group. And I do video production for them. Well, and I just not to derail you, but I said something earlier. Um, in my experience with any form of protesting, mm-hmm. marching around and yelling at people, it, I'm I am not going to listen to you. Yeah, because that's just that's I don't care what you're protesting. And even if you are listening, there's not much that can be said with 50 people screaming. Yeah. Whereas if you know, um, if you were to walk up to me and respectfully, politely start a conversation, doesn't matter what it's about, I am more entitled to listen to what you have to say. So like that's I've seen those like I haven't seen one in person, but I've seen you with those videos and that you do and like uh, we're in Toronto every Friday and Saturday from Mm -hmm. three to six and then six to nine on Saturday Mm -hmm. night. So, and like it's, um, and if you're someone who sees those around and you're you're curious, you're interested, like Mm -hmm. check them out because like it's, there's a lot of information there. Yeah. And something uh, we, I, I've heard from uh, parents, like if little kids catch a glimpse of it, they'll say like, you know, why are you exposing this to children? Or like, this is like fucked up to do this in public where people like are trying to just like walk around with their kids and stuff. But I think um, what's more fucked up is feeding your kids class one carcinogens because you wouldn't give your kids cigarettes. And uh, so I think giving them cold cuts is. Yeah. And again, I, I said this earlier, and this is the side of things that a lot of non-vegans will listen to is if you just go like, would you give your kid a cigarette? That like, should, it should have been headline news yeah, when the World Health been. Organization it should have been. found this out. And it wasn't. And there was just a process at the Toronto District School Board where we, uh, Toronto vegans, um, there are a few vegan kids there that from the ages of like well, newborn babies to like 12, right? We have kids mm-hmm. that are part of Not Us the Voices that do outreach and or will stand in the queue. And it's pretty impactful to see like a little kid like three feet tall with an anonymous mask on holding a sign with you know slaughter footage going on right Mm -hmm. and then for a six-year-old to approach a fully grown adult and educatedly explain the animal agriculture industry like that's crazy so we went to the toronto district school board head offices recently and uh, all the kids sat outside with cigarettes in their mouths and they were fake right and um that got media attention because the media is like like what the fuck is this right like why are these kids smoking that are like six years old and when now they weren't really smoking, like it was fake. And, <laughs> it wasn't um, real, folks, but yeah, the message was real. But yeah, in in the images, it looks real. And then the point we're to make is this is no different than feeding what cafe, like all cafeteria food yeah, is processed. All of it. So that that's what you're like feeding to these kids, right? So, and we lead these campaigns at school about like don't smoke because this, this, and this. But and I think in some. Uh, it's Sweden, Norway, like Denmark, one of those weird ones. <laughs> Somewhere where they actually like, you know, actually do shit about stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they, they've they even put meat in the junk food category, like yeah. on their um, on their food pyramid. So stuff like that. And so I mean, I really am in it for the ethical side of it. And, um, you know, so like animal abuse is wrong, but I think not enough people are willing or ready to accept the fact that they're, you know, you, you wouldn't beat, an, an animal so why why would you pay someone else to do it and yeah and so we say beating an animal is wrong but you know at least i think the dairy industry is the most fucked up because at least in the uh beef industry you know they get to the slaughterhouse and you know they're killed within a day of getting there and it's pretty brutal to watch the slaughter footage but in the dairy industry they're in these factories and 
they're getting falsely impregnated every day. That's really, really and, fucked up. Yeah, and their like, baby's stolen from them. Yeah. Like, don't know, get me wrong, a like few the, times a year. The whole thing is fucked up, but like I didn't, I did not know that yeah. until right now. Yeah, and when you say that to me, like that's like I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I did not know there's, that. There's a very famous video of a a, it's a, a cattle rancher uh, takes a baby puts it in a wagon and drives away and the mother cow escapes the pen and chases it down yeah. a, like a busy road yeah. following this, like just screaming. It's so it's terrible. And um, I forgot to say this earlier cause you were talking about, uh, you know, free range and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, free range 99% of the time is almost complete BS. So le- yeah. legally free range qualifies as uh, an enclosure where they have access to sunlight and are not enclosed in a cage. So Amazon is getting in a lot of trouble for this by a group called Direct Action Everywhere. We recently, like something like a hundred activists, literally just opened the door to the slaughterhouse, walked in, started picking up chickens and just taking them out. And you know they, they, we got arrested, but we got some of the chickens out successfully and transferred them to sanctuaries and stuff. And you know, but uh, a lot of activists, we don't really care if we get arrested. Um, but because this free range farm Amazon has, they pride themselves on like oh, free range chicken, right? But the footage from inside this farm, it's basically a massive barn with no cages, but thousands and thousands of chickens are like neck and neck. Yeah, up you ag- can't, they can't move. Up against each other because it still qualifies as free range because they've got windows along the whole thing. Yeah, which is fucked. But they are not running around in, in a field grass somewhere. in a field. So. Which is what you think when you hear free range. So there's so many like industry lies like this that really piss me off. Like We literally have a cheese company called Happy Cow. There's like, what the, f- like, that's like some laughing cow, I think. Or, or, yeah, 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 laughing, laughing cow. cow. Yeah, that's like, a, that's a, that's fucked up. That's like some like black mirror shit, like a dystopian, <laughs> like where they, if you saw like the shit that happens inside like a dairy thing, it literally looks like something out of like a George Orwell novel. And like, it doesn't crazy. take much of that footage to go, I cannot do this anymore. Like it doesn't yeah. take much. You watch it for a couple seconds and you're like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? And, and a lot of people, um, We'll say like, well, I don't know where this footage came from. Anonymous of Voiceless, we only use uh, North American footage. So it's all either from Canada mm-hmm. or US. And even the largest chicken factory in, I think, North America, maybe Canada, is in Brampton. It's called Maple Lodge. They kill the entire population of Brampton every single day in chickens. It's unbelievable. That's fucked up. So um, 600,000. It, it's crazy. Wow. And 2.7 trillion land animals a year are killed. That's not even including field animals that get killed in crops and stuff like that. And uh, with the fishing industry, it's gotten to such a point where we can't even measure it by number that the fishing industry is actually measured in tons of how much fish you catch. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people are like, don't use plastic straws. That's a big push nowadays. And don't use water bottles because they, you know, they get into the ocean and all this terrible stuff happens. But um, the number one uh, plastic debris that's littering the ocean is discarded fishing nets mm-hmm. and fishing gear. They recently found 300 endangered turtle skeletons locked in this fishing net because they had just swam into it and got caught over time. Right. And, you know, and also talking about water, um, uh, there was that hurricane and flooding in North Carolina, right? Yes. Um, one of the biggest States when it comes to, uh, pig manufacturing, um, you know, you've, you've seen footage of people rescuing dogs, going into homes on like mm-hmm. boats and stuff. Um, Thousands and thousands yeah, yeah. of pigs died in that hurricane flooding because farmers drowned. 
And a lot of people say, well, fuck these farmers for leaving these pigs there. No, if you're going to say fuck these farmers, what you really mean to say is, and I'm not saying this, but fuck the consumer for paying him and paying that farmer to... What do you think the farmer is going to be able to evacuate fifty thousand pigs no. during a flood? You can only if you're like, paying for them yeah. to be there. He's just the guy who's doing your dirty work for you, right? And also, um, and then all they have these big uh, like drainage ponds for like waste and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That got swept up into the water during the hurricanes and brought into water systems running through towns and stuff like that, like water filled with like shit and like all this literal shit. <laughs> yeah, and you know. I, I'm talking a lot about ethics here and stuff like that, about animals and stuff. Even if you don't give a fuck about animals, like if you're like one of those weirdos, um, there's so many human rights violations in the animal agriculture industry as well, which a lot of people don't know this. Uh, even in Toronto, for example, um, slaughter rate workers have the highest rate of PTSD of any profession. I don't know if that includes military, but um, uh, in Toronto, they, there's studies done by a woman from the University of Windsor um, people, communities that have slaughterhouse based, uh, or communities based around slaughterhouses or that have a slaughterhouse in their community have higher violent crime rates, such as domestic, uh, violence, assaults, and sexual assaults. And, um, also you've been, think about like the PTSD that a lot of these workers have, right? To be positively reinforced every day to kill hundreds of animals in, in a violent way, like slitting their throat with a knife, right? or bolt gunning them in the head, which doesn't even incapacitate them 50% of the time. Think about these workers, like the mental strain they go through. Mm-hmm. And also Tyson Farms just went through class action lawsuit because uh, their workers are working up to 12 hour shifts and they need to export a crazy number of chickens a day. I don't know the number. Like I'm not gonna pretend to, but they're working on an assembly line and they aren't allowed to go to the bathroom unless they can find someone to replace them on the line but you can't leave to find someone to replace you because you're working on the line, right? So they got a half an hour bathroom break during the day, but all the workers will go to the bathroom and their employees at Tyson Farms have said they've resorted to wearing diapers while working. Like that is fucked up. So even if you don't give a shit about animals, there are so many human rights violations going on. There's amputations from workers due to um, machines, uh, machinery and stuff like that. There's so much going on that it's just... Yeah, and I know I'm talking like a mile a minute here, but I'm trying to get a lot well, no, of points. No, I, I, I get what you're close. saying, and I mean, I am, um, I appreciate you talking about this because a lot of, and in the way that you have been, because you've still been, in my opinion, respectful about it. You're not sitting mm-hmm. here going, because like one thing you said to me um, was, uh, you were like, I want to talk about this, but like I'm, I'm not going to come on your show and be like, you know, well, yeah, yeah, because that's not, that's not what I wanted to do, and I, I think that we, we were. Um, good, and I think that y- you were. Mm. There's, I mean, I learned something. Yeah, that I didn't and, know that has disturbed me. Yeah, <laughs> and, so and really quick to touch on the kind of like outrage and like angry mm-hmm. vegans. I'll tell you why I I don't judge them as much. I I, I used to be like oh, like angry vegans like yeah. fuck you or like a lot of people say like they're ruining like the cause or they're alienating people. But you know, different activism works for different people. And also think about this: how outraged would you be? If someone walked in, took one of your cats, bolt gunned it in the head, and then slit its throat, would yeah. you be pissed? Well, yeah, fuck yeah. So, <laughs> would you be <laughs> so pissed? I get it. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, even no, a question. Right. So, the or the out, so to the audience here, the outrage you feel when you see a dog getting abused online, imagine that times 2.7 trillion. 
that's why vegans are so angry because mm. a million animal abuse actions happen every single day and nobody gives a fuck because they're not cute. So, yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, you ever actually like spent some time with a cow before? Yeah. Cows Dude. are fucking sweet. I don't know man. if you've seen, like, I, I did a photo shoot yeah, with a yeah. bunch of cows and I'm sitting in this field with all these cows around me. And that's one of my best friends. Uh, she actually, her family runs like a beef farm. And I was like, yo, can I just like come hang out with these cows and like just take some photos with them? And it's fucked because they have a name. Like they have like a, like an ear tag with their name and then a barcode. So like they're yeah. barcoding living like innocent yeah. creatures that like want nothing more to like to live. And, you know, I, I, I wish we could have talked about, there's a, maybe we could do this again sometime, but there's a great, well, I feel like we're going to have to regardless. Yeah. There's a, there's a great book called, uh, 30, uh, 30 reasons not to go vegan. And he basically says the top 30 reasons people say, um, uh, like circle of life, food chain, natural order, evolution. And it basically debunks every single one of those mm -hmm. and has a, a two page kind of well-educated response with facts, figures, statistics, and ethical kind of mindsets about um how to appropriately respond to these things and so for anyone listening to this thing and this guy's a fucking idiot uh i there i have a response to like everything mm -hmm. so like any, anything anyone could throw at me i have a very well and i th i think that everything that you've been saying like I, I i don't think you've you're an idiot i don't think that you you've said anything that is um going to be taken in that <clears throat> way if someone just doesn't want to hear it Mm -hmm. But you want to have a more a conversation with Luke, like hit, hit him up and be like, "Yo, like, what do you think about this? Or what about this?" Like, I, I'm definitely not the person to hit up, obviously. But uh, yeah, if, if you hit me up and you have a question, I can always, you know. Or yeah, I guess if I were to to recommend the number one source of vegan uh, veganism and kind of education, um, uh, YouTube Earthling Ed, he's a great guy. Uh, James Aspie, obviously, but uh, I guess uh, for you, TJ, a great one would be a guy named Mike the Vegan. He is uh, all science-based, and he, he just made a great video called uh, Myths That Vegans Spread. Actually, direct, he, all his videos are about, you know, kind of dismantling the meat and agriculture industry for dairy, eggs, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But his new video, I love it. It's called Myths That Vegans Spread, and he talks about stuff that vegans say that are wrong and how vegans need yeah. to be more careful about what they say because I'm always worried when I come on to a podcast or an interview and when I start saying facts and figures because if I get them wrong by even in, five percent yeah, or more get people apart, discredit yeah. the whole thing and say this guy doesn't know what he's talking about so i i try to always be ready on my mm -hmm. game as well but the number one source is a website called uh challenge22.com and it's a website and i'm, I'm gonna sign up for this to be a, a mentor but it's a website where they challenge you to go vegan for uh 22 days and you get a mentor assigned to you that you can and every day your mentor will send you a challenge a recipe and they're there for any questions you have, um, and they can help you through the entire thing. And you know, it's just a challenge. For 22 days, you get full support from somebody who's been vegan for years, and that has all the answers, can help you with that. And I think it's the most efficient way to go vegan mm. because you have that constant support. And so, if, yeah, if anyone's interested, challenge22.com, and it's, it's free, and it's super cool. And also, uh, if you, I know some people are you know against PETA for some reasons, but if you go on PETA's website, they have a free vegan starter kit also, which is a full-size magazine, like like 60 pages with recipes, facts, figures, statistics. Uh, and they have a fast food shopping list of like, when you're at these fast food restaurants, here's what, what to get. get. That's vegan. See, yeah. that's, that is a, a 
wonderful, beautiful thing right there yeah. because a lot of people don't know. Yeah, and almost all vegan resources are free because the number one thing we care about is saving animal lives. Mm-hmm. So we don't if you if you can't afford like to buy this or that, we don't care. And like that's why you know when I do my photography for vegan groups, if they can't afford to pay me, I'll I let it slide because you know I I'm not concerned. Mm-hmm. I think you know there's greater causes that I think go towards my time and. Uh, that's why like, I'm doing some work with Sea Shepherd. So when I'm back from Nicaragua, that that would be the time to talk, I think. Oh, for sure about that. I, I just, before we go, I, I really quickly just want to touch on yeah, that. Just for sure. So what exactly is, I mean, I think most people know what Sea Shepherd is. Yeah. Um, if And the unfortunate reality, the first time I heard of them, mm-hmm. and this is, this is stupid, and I'm not at all agreeing with this or anything because I thought it was really lame and really stupid, mm-hmm. was uh, I'm pretty sure it was South Park. Oh yeah, no, it's a great episode of South yeah, Park. It's it was, hilarious because I think because I was like, oh, who's the Sea Shepherd? I didn't know anything yeah. about them, and you know, any means necessary. Yeah. We're badasses. So, I was like, they're not actually like that, but anyway, yeah, is what it is. But what exactly is Sea Shepherd, and what will you be kind of doing with them? So Sea Shepherd is a um, uh, nonprofit conservation group, direct action conservation, and essentially what Sea Shepherd does is um, we essentially try to stop illegal whaling, illegal fishing. And even though I'm against all fishing in general, um, Sea Shepherd focuses mainly on illegal, well, Mm -hmm. only on illegal operations because, you know, that's the law is the law. So we try to operate within the law. And we have uh, campaigns uh, worldwide. Uh, We are mainly known for uh, the campaigns in Antarctica um, to uh, try and disrupt the Japanese whaling fleet. Because um, uh, there's a show called Whale Wars, which a lot of people might be familiar with. Yes, I think it was Whale Wars. They were more yeah, yeah. Parodying, and, but yeah, yeah. Um, I so Whale Wars is a show that kind of documents this, but we have campaigns all over the globe. Um, one of my personal favorites is Operation Milagro, which is a campaign to save the vaquita porpoise, and there's less than thirty of them in the world, and they're uh, they swim in the same waters as a fish called the or as a sea creature called the totowaba. And they set up these black market sets up these nets because the Totowaba is so sought after for its uh, <clears throat> bro. They claim medicinal purposes, and uh, they put these nets out in the same water, and they're catching these vaquitas by accident. They don't plan to less than thirty of them. So we go in and take up these illegal fishing nets, and we cut the marine life free and um, stuff like that. And uh, you know, on South Park, they do say like any means necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. That is, uh, I, I do believe that is a real Sea Shepherd motto, a real quote, mm-hmm. and. Um, because Sea Shepherd, uh, we we are direct action, which means we are we're not protesting. We're not. You're just you're doing stuff. We're doing yeah. stuff. Whereas, if you look at other organizations that might you know hold up signs or you go to Antarctica and say like oh like don't hurt the whales, don't hurt the dolphins, like they're not gonna care. Like all they care about is money. So um, Sea Shepherd and what you'll see in Whale Wars will actively disrupt them by uh, blocking them, trying to. Um, uh, disrupt their propellers for example they use something called prop fowlers which is a big steel line they cast out into the water which basically stops the ship and stalls it uh for a period of time giving the whales opportunities to get away or we'll surround the whales or uh we'll try to um <laughs> there's something called a, a butyric acid it's, it's non-poisonous to humans it smells terrible though and um if the way it can contaminate the whale meat where it won't be eaten because it'll taste like shit right so in Whale Wars, you'll see when we'll throw these uh, little butyric acid bombs, which are just bottles, right? That will spread this uh, gross, nasty liquid. It's basically just rotting butter. 
that will disperse over the um, deck of the ship, which makes it impossible for them to bring whales up because any whales they bring up, they're just going to taint, right? Mm. So um, that's basically what Sea Shepherd does. That's just some examples of our missions. Um, and I'm on, I'll be joining a mission called Operation Malegro, which is in Nicaragua. And um, there's uh, sea turtle poaching issues going on there. And basically sea turtles come up and they nest and they lay their eggs in the sand. They go back and then their eggs are hatching. And essentially what happens is poachers will take their eggs and sell them for, you know, and um, basically we're there to uh, take these eggs and move them to a secure and safe hatchery. And a lot of the times is these turtles have issues because um, it used to be just the moonlight would guide them to the ocean and they would go in there and live their lives. But now because civilization is kind of interfering, there's lights all over the place. They'll walk onto highways yeah. or, or public areas get run over and they'll put themselves in dangerous situations, these baby turtles. So we're there to um, basically get there before the poachers and uh, put these eggs in secure uh, facilities. Which these are illegal poachers. They are yes, not, they do yes. not, there is nothing saying they have to do this. They are illegal poachers. Yes, absolutely. And Nicaragua is a pro sea shepherd country. Some countries, such as Japan, are very anti sea <sighs> yeah. shepherd. And unfortunately, we have um, our mission in the Southern Ocean and in Antarctica um, has uh, stopped because the navy and uh, armed ships are now patrolling with uh, the japanese whaling fleet so sea shepherd can't really go up against that unfortunately well yeah cause... it'd be a waste of donor money and stuff like that and but there are we have some great cooperation from other local governments such as uh, tanzania there's an operation going on right now uh, to stop illegal shark finning and tanzania has given us their armed um I don't know if it's Navy or uh, Coast Guard or military police. Some kind of armed ship. Yeah, that's... we we have provided them with our ship, and, our ships and crew, and they have given us their men that have the proper authority to detain and arrest these illegal oh, okay. vessels. So I'll be there as a photographer and videographer, and uh, I also do onshore volunteering to raise funds. November fourth, we got a big fundraiser in Toronto, all vegan food. Um, and Sea Shepherd is not a vegan organization, but almost ninety nine percent of our members are vegan. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you don't go out there and risk your life to save a whale when you're over here, like, eating other animals, right? Yeah. So, um, November 4th, we have a fundraiser in Toronto. It's a big gala dinner, fully vegan, and we're Skyping Paul Watson, the founder of Sea Shepherd, and uh, star of Whale Wars, and Pete Hammerstead, who was also in Whale Wars. Um, and, it, yeah, we're going to be selling merch and stuff like that, and we got sick merch, so, yeah. It is pretty cool merch. I, I, saw, you, I saw you wearing it. Yeah. So, so. It's pretty cool stuff, but... For sure, man. Well, I mean, definitely when you get back, I think we'll have to. Yeah, I'll, I'll I want to sure. I want to hear about it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I want to hear about it. I think I just said I don't, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to hear about it. Um, so that's for sure. I mean, I appreciate you coming on, and the, you know, the um, this will be a, a two parter. Yeah, we've covered a but, broader uh, range. Of a broader range. So I'm going to do a two parter for this one, but uh, coming on and talking about the you know the acting stuff and that, which is cool, and then obviously talking kind of the majority about the. Uh, veganism the anim activism and stuff i think it's something that uh, is you know it's something that people i think a lot of people want to learn more and a lot of people want to mm. uh, know about this stuff because a lot of people it's just they don't know yeah and it, it is hard to ask people to change and if, if they but if they don't know where to start i'm, I'm glad that yeah. you're giving people like me a platform to kind of help people and even yourself, like it's, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big move to cut out dairy. And a lot of people go for like meats first. So, yeah, but yeah, people need our uh, resources. We need to be open and accepting of people that have a desire to change instead of like saying like, do it now or fuck yeah. off. Do it now or you're a piece of shit. It's like the, that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> in, in saying that, I do think once you have all the information on the cruelty of yeah. the animal agriculture industry and you're like, Man, I'm going to keep eating this cheese and, like 
If you, and I'm it's like, like on, then I'll, I'm sure I'll have some closet opinions. Like, okay, it's kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. if you, so, but yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I get what you're saying, but uh, again, you know, I appreciate you coming on and, and being, you know, yeah, respectful about it, not just going like, oh fuck it, one of me. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> Cool. Well, all right, my brother. Well, thank you very much. Where, where can people find you, again, if they have any uh, questions? For yeah, you so uh, Facebook.com, and then just look up Luke Perron, L-U-K-E-P-A-R-O-N, Instagram, Luke underscore Perron, or PerronMedia.com, Twitter, Luke V. Perron, YouTube, Luke Perron. Uh, yeah, and a lot of my videos focus about veganism. Short films come out sometimes, depending on what I'm doing. So, yeah, and uh, my content is a lot of... It's not all vegan based either. So if you're looking for kind of just like photography, landscape, travel, street, uh, my photography is not strictly veganism. I do everything. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you when you get back. Hell yeah. Sure, Thanks, brother. folks. Thanks, man. All right, gang. So there you have it. My chat with Mr. Luke Perron. Hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you would like to contact Luke for any reason at all about anything that he said, if you want to learn more information on Sea Shepherd or um, the, the other, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now, the other organization that he is involved heavily with, um, be sure to contact him, hit him up. He gave his um, information at the end there because he's very passionate about the animal activism world and the veganism world and he would love to chat with you. So hit him up. Because he's also a great dude and just loves to uh, loves to chat about that kind of stuff. So, hope that you guys enjoyed the chat. Hopefully, you have hit that subscribe button, left a like, left a comment. Always appreciate that. Again, if there is anything at all that was said that you maybe disagree with and you want to talk about it, I mean, hey, you know, let, let's talk about it. That's, that's number one thing with a, a, an episode like this. It's bound to get people talking <laughs> is the best way to... Uh, is the best way to explain it. It's going to get people talking. And I think that's why it was so cool to do this as from the perspective of someone who is not vegan, um, sitting with someone who is vegan and is heavily vegan. I think it was really cool. And I can actually say as I'm recording this episode or this outro, I should say, I actually just finished having myself a nice veggie burger. <laughs> and uh, it was actually quite good. It was quite good. So, you know, it's funny. We were talking about the Beyond the Meat thing. Uh, that A and W did a little a little while ago, and how they've kind of been selling out a lot. And I really truly believe that we're heading to a world eventually where there's going to be no meat products anymore, and no one's going to miss it. Will it happen in our lifetime? I don't know. Should it happen in our lifetime? That's not for me to say. You know, I, I'm not in a position where I can say everyone should go vegan because my ass ain't vegan. <laughs> so, but you know, learning about the. Uh, what happens on dairy farms. That was disturbing to me. I did not know that. That really messed me up pretty hard. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I did not know that that was happening. Um, the whole, you know, farmer's uh, thingy-majiggy. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it because we just uh, we just covered it on the podcast. But um, either way, it was really interesting to uh, talk to him about that and hear all about it. So if you guys would like to... Um, you know, maybe come on the show and talk about a topic like that. Hit me up anytime on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all under The Harder Show, as well as on the uh, website, powerbreaknetwork.com forward slash The Harder Show. And then, of course, you can hit me up by email anytime at show at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, if you listen to this show, you like what I do, you like uh, maybe I've done some stuff in the past you like and you want to support the show a little more than just listening, which by the way, I do seriously appreciate and thank you very much for that. It really means the world to me that you took the time to listen to today's episode. Hopefully you hit that subscribe button. I do appreciate that. We're trying to grow the show here, you know, that's what we're always trying to do. 
But uh, if you would like to support a little more, if you're a regular listener and you're like, I want to support harder, you know, I want to do something to help them out, you can go on my Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash the harder show. We have three tiers that you can uh, you can join. It's the $1, $3, or $5. And uh, you can go on there and you get some cool rewards and behind the scenes stuff if you uh, so choose to join them. If not, it's totally okay. You know, I, I just appreciate the listens, guys, and the downloads. I seriously appreciate it. It's uh, This is not anything ever that will be you will need to pay for to get or anything, all my archives and everything, everything's, uh, everything's totally free, but, um, I do seriously appreciate, uh, anyone who takes the time to join the Patreon because it does help keep this show going and it does help this show grow even that $1 a month, you know, that helps immensely. So thank you very much on that note. I of course want to give a shout out to the number one fan of the hotter show, Mr. John Ward. He is a, uh, the highest level tier on the Patreon, so he gets shoutouts every single week here on the show, as well as some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. I basically just send him <laughs> Snapchats and stuff now when I'm doing stuff, and also he does get uh, some bonus pods that uh, no one else hears but him. So if that kind of stuff interests you, hit up the Patreon, let me know. Seriously, appreciate it. And uh, I did mention last week about T-shirts. Someone was asking me about them. Um, I am hoping to do some more soon. Sooner rather than later, but uh, if you are interested in a t-shirt, please hit me up. We can maybe get some kind of a pre-order going again and make that happen because I need some shirts as well. <laughs> but anyway, guys, that's going to do it for me today on The Hunter Show. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Thank you very much again for tuning in. It means the world to me, and we'll catch you next time on The Hunter Show. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, guys.